Welcome to Between the Bylines, a weekly podcast from the Boston University News Service, where we unpack must-read stories from the past week through the lens of student journalism. Hear how the stories were made from the writers and editors who made them. Today is Monday, November 4th, 2019. I'm Hannah Harn. And I'm Susanna Sudborough. So today we thought we would talk a little bit about uh, election coverage since uh, tomorrow, the 5th, is Boston's big city council election. Um, And Susanna and I have both had pretty interesting experiences covering it. So um, take it away, Susanna. What's on your mind? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think this is a really important topic um, for journalists because there's so many different things you can do with election coverage. I mean, everything from literally just sending out the results as soon as possible to like profiling candidates and doing a debate wrap up. There's just so much you can do. And Frankly, it's all important, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I agree. Um, so there are a couple of things that, like, I've learned. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm not, you know, a tenure election reporter, but I was in the state house program last semester, um, and also I just did a profile of the district nine candidate, Craig Cashman, um, and that was a really fun and interesting experience. Um, so I have a couple tips and like feel free to um, add your bits in there too. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I think one of the things that people don't value enough when they're interviewing candidates is like asking personal questions. Um, mm-hmm. like And not just personal, but sort of like fun uh, lighthearted questions as well as the like hard hitting policy questions um, because I think that really brings color to a piece that can otherwise be a little dense and a little bit boring. Um, mm-hmm. I found that like my end to the piece came out of that um, and it was really interesting to me um, because when I interviewed um, Cashman, he was like so policy oriented, so confident, could talk about Alston Brayton and city politics for days. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I asked him just casually, what's your favorite band? And his reaction to that was he was pretty surprised. He didn't know what to say. It was like the one thing he hadn't planned for. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was a really interesting part of his character that yeah. he was so ready to talk about politics, but not even like a lighthearted personal question was easy for him um and he actually he told me that originally he told me the police but then he was like you know I could say any different band any day of the week and then the next day he actually did that and texted me to Mm -hmm. say hey actually I'm a much bigger fan of the replacements um so to me, that that was a really interesting part of his character. And, and I think that's just an undervalued part of interviewing is getting a little bit more of that personality and color. Mm-hmm. I think I agree. And I think that when, especially for city council elections, because for city council, in my experience, those are people who, those are elected officials who are really interacting face-to-face really consistently with their constituents. Um, when you work in you know, more state level government, you might not be doing that as much. You're, mm. you know, maybe 
you might be further away from the people that you're representing, especially if you're in the state capital in a state like California, for example, you know, my state representative is in Sacramento, which is a, mm. at like, a, at minimum, like a one and a half hour flight. Mm-hmm. Um, so just maybe there's a little bit of a degree of separation, but city council members, and you know, especially to me, I think have such a direct kind of connection. A lot of them, you know, during campaigning and during just, you know, while they're on the council, host open office hours where people can just kind of come in and chat with them. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really amazing to me, you know, especially in Boston, that people can just go to city council meetings and, mm-hmm. you know, observe and, you know, jump in. So I think when candidates do open up and give, you know, talk maybe more about themselves and express a little bit more of their opinion or, you know, like something, even if it's their opinion on something as simple as their favorite band, I think it does do a lot to ingratiate them a little bit Mm -hmm. with the people that they're, the people that elect them. And it's something I think, so I think especially with profiles for city council candidates, it's so important. And it's such a, it's so important because, you know, you're getting the chance to say, yeah, I know this person's policies, but do I know like a childhood memory of theirs? You know, do I know do something I know that them? connects me to them? Like, what is something I have in common with them aside from the fact that we live in the same city? Mm-hmm. And that's something that for me is really important is finding little pieces of commonality between myself and, you know, people who are uh, representing me. Mm-hmm. In that sort of situation. And so I'm right now working on a profile of uh, candidate St. Gian, Alejandro St. Gian, who is a challenger for city councilor at large. And while our interactions have been very brief and it's been interesting to write the profile from that perspective, one of the things that I feel really that I've, you know, feel connected to her about, one of the things that I've discovered we have in common is a like deep commitment to climate equity hmm. and also um just kind of a shared passion for like um educational equity so it's been really cool to and you know yeah those are her policies but to hear her talk about it you know as a former school teacher Mm -hmm. and you know her own experience learning more about the importance of climate equity in the city of boston over you know the course of her campaign and how before it was something she didn't really know a lot about but now it's something that she does know a lot about and is really committed to changing not just because she wants to run for city council, but also because, you know, for her family and for her neighbors and all of that. So it's been really cool to kind of experience that and hear her talk about things that, you know, she is passionate about. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, just to kind of have that shared sense of community there. Totally. Um, and I totally agree with you that they're like so deep into the community um, in a way that I find really interesting, which brings me to my next thing, mm-hmm. which is... Um, it's I call it watching them in the wild. Yeah. Um, I think it's really, really important when you're covering a candidate to see how they interact with um, with constituents. I mean, obviously, like it's rare that you would get to see them when they don't know they're being watched. Mm-hmm. But I I think that like they do tend to put on their best face for sure, and that can also say something in itself. You know, if their best face is talking over people and Mm -hmm. not listening and just showing how knowledgeable they are, then that's something to write about. Yeah. Um, 
And that was also like, that was something I turned into the lead in my piece, which I saw this really interaction, a really interesting interaction with Cashman, where he was talking to this person. Um, and they had had this like really in-depth conversation about policy and he was so confident and then he just kind of stepped back and was like well I hope you'll consider me just like very just such a degree of humility that really contrasted Mm -hmm. what I had just seen yeah um and that to me was like a really interesting insight into who he was that like even though he has this you know candidate personality at the end of the day he's you know he still feels like oh well you know just because they come to my event just because they listen to me and and I'm confident doesn't mean that they're not still considering someone else like he's understands Mm -hmm. what's at stake and that he had like he's it, feel, it felt to me that he knew that there was never one moment where he's definitely earned their vote. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I I just, those, I love those little <laughs> like m- unexpected moments, moments that you mm-hmm. see with people. Yeah. And I had, one of the kind of unexpected moments I had with that, with, with St. Guillain recently was I went to, I, I attended a number of forums to kind of almost like following her around and just like sitting in like the third or fourth row and just like taking notes and, you know, kind of like, okay, like taking notes of like her mannerisms and how she acted on stage or, you know, in front of a group. And one of the things that really amused me was the first form I went to, she was just kind of, she was very thoughtful the whole time, very pensive, very, you know, taking notes would kind of, you could tell when she reacted to something because she would immediately like turn and write notes down or she would kind of put her hand up like she wanted to respond, which she did in the debate as well. And at the most recent forum I went to, which was the student forum uh, this past Tuesday, she, at one point, Senator, one of the moderators who um, was State Senator Will Brownsberger said something and she, her, she just like, the only way I can describe it is her ears perked up. Like, <laughs> she just, hmm, and kind of like turned and was just, her face was great and she just kind of shook her head a little bit, you know, in disagreement and was just kind of like, in, it was very funny. And I was sitting next to her campaign manager who's kind of become a friend of hers and she and I both just kind of chuckled and when I spoke to her campaign manager about the, that later, she said, yeah, Alejandra, you know, doesn't have much of a poker face. She's very raw. And I, it was kind of one of those cool moments you know, to see her personality come through. That's not just her saying, oh, I'm going to take notes and I'm going to comment on that. That was her straight up personality coming through and just (laughs) really being taken aback. And so it was just kind of really cool to see. And you get, that was such a human moment for me. You know, I think it's really easy to see politicians, especially in cities as dense as Boston, it's just like, oh, it's a politician, whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, I vote for him every other, every couple of years. And other than that, it's just no skin off my back. But Mm -hmm. this was a moment where I was just like, that is a real human person. You know, totally. And, and those I, are cool moments. I think it's relatable too. like maybe not for everyone, but personally for me, mm-hmm. when you say that, I, like I totally relate to that. Yeah. I don't like unless I try and often I don't try. <laughs> I have zero poker face. Like I'll be watching a movie mm-hmm. in the movie theater. And then like when I think there's like a bad moment, I'll like look around like, yeah that was terrible you know yeah. so uh, that's really cool i uh this is so beautiful <laughs> we love we love the moments it's about the moments um 
but yeah, so I also wanted to go back to something I said, kind of in a new subject, covering pre-election events is something that I've always been um, really interested in just because it is, so it's a great opportunity because you're getting to hear, and it's particularly with debates, you're getting to hear the candidates talk about the policy. So that's a great, and it's important because, you know, you want to have an idea of where they're coming from and, you know, what their goals might be for the coming election. But it's also really interesting, you know, in that topic in that train of thought of, you know, seeing this human interaction, to see them interact with each other and to see kind of how they react to each other mm-hmm. um, is very is very fun, I think. And there are times where it's just, yeah, all these people are super cordial. They're all very respectful. Maybe they've worked together already because, you know, she worked in the mayor's office and he's been on city council for 10 years. So they've known each other a while. Mm-hmm. And other times it's not at all. You know, it's very much just like, well, she did this. And did you know? And it is so entertaining sometimes, mm-hmm. particularly in Boston, where it's a it's a city full of people who are very big in personality <laughs> and opinion. So it's really cool to to watch that happen live. It's true. We don't have a lot of soft-spoken no no we do boston not. politician yeah i saw a moment like that on um i also work at cbs boston mm-hmm. and uh they had marty walsh on uh the um we have a great political correspondent um john keller and he was interviewing marty walsh and um they were talking about city boston city councilor michelle wu's um what's proposal to get rid of the development um, bureau, I can't remember what it's actually called, um, but I, you could see Marty Walsh starting to boil a little bit under the skin yeah. when he brought that up, um, and the, he was kind of just like, she's wrong, and yeah. John Keller was like, why is she wrong, and he was like, she's wrong because, and then he kind of like had to well. walk it back mm-hmm. and was like, I respect Michelle Wu a lot. Mm-hmm. She's a friend of mine. <laughs> but, and I I do think that's very fun to see what, you know, kind of tilts with the other politicians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I guess on the subject of, you know, how to do a debate, we talked a little about how to do profiles and, you know, digging into that personal side of things, but how to do a good debate story. So th- when I covered the debate, for the news service. That was kind of one of the first times I had ever done a debate write-up in that way. And one of the things that I kind of noticed about it was how much, personally, I wanted to write about, you know, behaviors that I noticed and Mm -hmm. kind of almost like a longer profile of each, like, you know, a chunk profile of each of the candidates from that debate and that debate alone. Um, but for news and, you know, kind of for what we needed, it, I had to, I couldn't do that. I had to write something a little bit more general. So it was kind of cool for me to explore that side of more of a hard news approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say one of the things that I thought was great about that event and that I think more, you know, city councils or cities should consider if they have the ability was that. It was rec- it was live broadcast over WBUR, but it was also recorded and you know published. You know mm-hmm. on you know the whole inter- the whole debate was you know put on their YouTube and was available for anybody to, you know, view at a later time. 
which especially if the debate's happening in the middle of the day, is super important for people who are at work and don't work jobs where they can have radio playing in the background. Mm -hmm. So I think that that is super important to civic engagement. And, you know, yeah, I couldn't watch the debate live or I couldn't listen live, but I still was able to, like, listen after and still feel like I got the same knowledge and I have the same background now and I can go in with more education about who I'm voting for, you know? And I think that that makes a huge difference. And I think that that's something that more news outlets should do when possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Just to really, you know, because there is, you know, journalism is an act of service and you're doing a service. Mm -hmm. And I, so I think that not, you know, we have a duty, but I think it's a really cool opportunity for journalists and to journalists and, you know, their publications to kind of take that extra step of, of education. I mean, it's, it's all about informing people, you know, it, I think that is something that people take for granted is that like the only reason you know anything outside of your immediate bubble is because of journalists. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're not doing it for the fame and glory. Like the only famous journalists are the ones who either break huge stories, which is a tiny, tiny minority, or the people, you know, who are personalities on TV. Mm-hmm. Some of the most influential journalists of our time the general public has never heard of yeah you know and anyone who knows journalism a little bit knows that the pay ain't that great yeah so it's you know it really is about service i think um so i totally agree and i wanted to ask you Mm -hmm. um you know how do you parse the important parts of an eight person debate it was yeah was it eight people yeah eight eight people for four at-large seats on the city council. So, you know, you imagine a lot of opinions and, you know, a lot of really <laughs> wanting to make yourself known. And so one of the things that I, I guess, learned while, you know, working on the write-up and while at the debate itself was how important it is to compartmentalize yourself a little bit, mm. you know? Um, particularly in this debate, that I was covering because a lot of other events that I went to for Alejandra, I was kind of thinking to myself, okay, well, I can just kind of, you know, maybe when this other person's talking, I don't have to pay attention as much because I'm not writing about them. But for a debate, you know, when it is, you know, them really talking to each other and here's what I'm not sure about with so-and-so's policies and here's what I would really, you know, I really get along great with, you know, Susie Q, but I don't think that, you know, Stan C is a great fit, you know? And so those moments, I think that was a big thing for me was like compartmentalizing and really turning off every other side of my brain except for what, you know, was going on in front of me. Mm -hmm. Um, And in terms of parsing the important stuff of an eight-person, hour-and-a-half-long debate was taking notes and marking down the minutes. And so like when I had a phone timer going, next to me, you know, with a recording that I was taking for my own personal use. And I would kind of like literally, I would literally like write down like minute 48, you know, so-and-so said this, or, you know, especially if it was something that really struck me like as, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so for example, in their opening statements, everyone kind of focused generally like, you know, as a mom or, you know, as a parent in the city and, you know, somebody who's worked for the city council a long time, blah, 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 kind of introduced themselves a little bit. And another candidate did not. They took much more the approach of, 
I'm here to talk about this and this only. And mm-hmm. I remember like in the it was that was in the first, you know, maybe five or six minutes of the debate. And I remember I wrote that down and I was like, that is an important thing coming from her because that is her big focus. That is all she cares about. Um, and when they disagree with each other, especially, you know, on city council, because most often, you know, in this debate, it more often than not, it was people saying, you know, and I really agree with what, you know, my colleague said, you know, they make a really great point and I'm with, you know, Julia on this or I'm with Michelle. Um, I agree with what Alejandra had to say. You know, that was the primary kind of conversation that was happening. It's like, hey, I'm with them. Like, I have the same opinion. I'm on the same page. I think that this is what we need to do. And then every now and again, like very infrequently, somebody would disagree Hmm. or would voice an opinion that was clearly not the norm. And that was an important moment for me to take notes, especially if another candidate straight up said, I want to disagree. I like I'd frankly disagree or like in all fairness, that is not what I think. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of conversation about that specifically in this debate about Operation Clean Sweep, mm. which happened over the summer. Yeah, that's And it was a very highly contested situation in the city. And for listeners who may not know, it was a kind of a big police move to, you know, out in Massachusetts, Melkinia Cass area to kind of get a lot of addicted people off the street. And there was a lot of arresting taking place. It was not great. Yeah, it was a whole methadone mile mm-hmm. It was, quote a, unquote, it was a big mess. It was a big mess. But, you know, so most of the candidates were saying, you know, we need better treatment services. We need to be reaching out to these people who are suffering from addiction and we need to be understanding also, you know, the causes of addiction. And, you know, one of the things that I thought was really interesting that someone pointed out was the importance of trauma, you know, educated counselors to help, you know, so so counselors can help prevent people who have experienced trauma from turning to turning to addiction. And yet there were a couple of counselors who or candidates who said, you know, I think it was a good move. Like, I agreed with it. It was a good idea. And so it was kind of and and you could see the reaction on other candidates faces, you know, mm. at hearing that, um, you know, and, you know, like I said, Alejandra rea- is reactive. And so she there were definitely times where she reacted and there were a couple of situations. Also, I think it's good to jot down when they interrupt or speak out of turn Mm. Um, because that's when you can tell somebody's really opinionated on something or is really fighting for their own, you know, defense. And so that's, those are things that I tried to focus on. So moments of interruption, moments of disagreement and moments that quite literally like turned my head a little bit, like made me look up from my notes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's really smart. Um, I'm curious, were there any candidates who, like, tended to disagree more than others? Um, I wouldn't say there were some who disagreed more than others. I think Counselor Garrison, Althea Garrison, tended to tangent a lot, and she's just very opinionated, and so she she kind of had a tendency to find like one grain of something that's something she really, really wanted to talk about and kind of go off on a whole thing that maybe didn't really have as much to do with the question. (laughs) Um, But, and she's just kind of a character. She's, yeah, (laughs) she's big and she's has a personality and she's funny and she's just out there. And I love it. You know, from, from a journalistic standpoint, she's just very herself. So it's kind of, it's really interesting to observe her. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was something that I was kind of interesting was getting sound bites that were meaningful, but also not boring. 
<laughs> you know, meaningful, but not, and, and at the same time, meaningful, but not outlandish. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. something that's entertaining, but still has, you know, yeah, a, serves a purpose. That's a, that's an important balance, mm-hmm. right? Um, because it's easy. There's always that balance in journalism of like, you know, you want things to be interesting. You want pe- you want to get readers to read or listeners to listen and the easiest way to do that is find to find the most outlandish thing but you can't just do that you know it's not about what's most outlandish so finding that interesting nugget that is also you know central and true to the story that's a great feeling Mm -hmm. (laughs) um I'm also curious who was it that you know kind of came in with this is my thing uh, it was also Council Garrison. Oh. She kind of led and she was like, rent control and talked about rent control for her whole opening statement. And then they moved on. And so it was just kind of funny to me that she didn't do it in a lot of introduction of herself. And she just straight up was like, this is who I am. I've been on the council for 10 months. You should reelect me. Rent control. It was very <laughs> interesting to see kind of how she how she did that. And so it's also interesting to see the different approaches that candidates take, mm-hmm. you know. And so, so most of the candidates, I think, were very straight. They were like you know, this is who I am. I've lived in Boston my whole life. You know, this is what my family was like growing up. And this is why I want to be back on the council. This is why I want to join the council. And, you know, whereas Councilor Garrison very much took that approach of, here's who I am, like blank, blank, rent control. Like she said, hi, my name is Councilor Arthur Garrison, rent control. And so that was her focus. And she kind of set herself up to talk about that. So it was just, and, and I don't think that there's any one correct way to do it. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I am not a politician by any means. So I, I can't speak to that. But I think it was interesting to see that interaction. Yeah, I. it's interesting because I don't personally, there are definitely some things that I don't personally agree with Althea Garrison on. Mm-hmm. But um, I kind of prefer that straightforwardness yeah. as like as a constituent. Um I, I'm not a huge fan of the politician coming in and being like, as a mother of mm-hmm. blah, 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 as a father of blah, blah, blah. I like I. Yeah. Because I, I. And from a journalistic standpoint, it's just, OK, cool. I've heard this like six times already. Right. Like it it, it doesn't have, like these days, all the politicians have kids. And mm-hmm. like, I mean, actually, probably always <laughs> that was true. More often than not. But, um, you know, I feel like it's just such. Everybody says that. It's such an obvious attempt to humanize yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd be more impressed if they came in and they were like, as a mother of three cats. Yeah. You know, I would, I would, that to me would stand out more. I just don't even think it's notable or just, it just sounds so typical. Mm -hmm. So, and I think, you know, as a reporter, it's super important to, kind of sit down and like I, I sometimes when I'm doing election coverage I try to think okay I'm a constituent what do I care about mm. you know what do I want to know and so a lot of times when you know candidates don't address things that I genuinely want to know about and if I don't have the opportunity to ask it can be really frustrating you know not just not only as a journalist but as a constituent so okay. I wanted to jump a little bit about you know, because I know some classes, particularly for beat reporting or for fundamentals, will go out and do reporting on the election. Mm. I did when I was in, you know, fundamentals of reporting. And I remember one of the things that I got to do was go out to a polling place mm-hmm. and kind of talk to voters as they were coming in and out. 
And I was, I don't know if you've had a similar experience. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, um, that's kind of one of the things I want to talk about too, um, based on what you were just talking about with like, what do I care about? Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's incredibly important to ask constituents what they care about um, because once in a while you'll have a politician who makes something their issue, but it's not actually something that the um, constituents really care about. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's interesting to see whether the big issues of the politician actually match with that of their constituents. Um, So it, it, also will guide what you report on it. I mean, in Boston, probably the biggest, one of the biggest yeah. ones is housing policy, um, opioid crisis, actually green city space and um, what's the word, like green policies trying to get um, Boston towards its goal of uh, zero emissions by 2050, um, all that kind of stuff. But like sometimes people will come in with a completely different issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, I do I do think I'm not, if you know me well you know that I hate man on the street interviews mm-hmm. I hate doing them I hate I, I think often they are not useful but this is a big exception mm-hmm. um where I think talking to people at polling places or at rallies to find out what draws them to the candidate what do they care about is just absolutely essential yeah and I think also it's so cool. I, I <laughs> When I did that assignment, I was going to, I was a, still a sophomore, you know, sophomore fall. I wasn't super familiar with the city yet. I still feel like a stranger sometimes to like different neighborhoods around here. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, in the idea of the BU bubble for student reporters, this is a great opportunity for you to go out to a community you might not be that familiar with. And obviously do research before you go. You don't want to be going in completely blind. <laughs> but this is a great opportunity for you to get to know the city a little bit and to explore some of these different neighborhoods that have so much to offer from a, you know, resident standpoint, but also from a journalistic standpoint, you get to know a really, really different communities there. And, you know, I was in Roxbury and I had never really been to Roxbury before mm. that point, aside from, you know, I, when I had gone for FISOP and I was coming in as a freshman. And so, you know, that was a great experience for me was getting to go to a community that I wasn't necessarily a part of and really engage with it and talk to them about what they wanted and what was going on in their community. And that was for a mayoral election. So it was an even bigger thing because, you know, there was a lot of disagreement about whether Marty Walsh was still the right fit. So that was I it's something I would really encourage you to take advantage of if you're given the opportunity to go do that. Really don't be afraid to really plunge yourself in. And frankly, more often than not, you're gonna I, I would bet that you're gonna be going towards the middle of the day. Mm. You know? And I, I would highly recommend just really going out there and putting yourself out there because those sometimes are like the people who are really friendly, you know, mm-hmm. and you're there in the middle of the day because they're not, I, I ended up speaking to a lot of people who were retired hmm. and just talking to them was so fun. And they were all so sweet. Like they were all <laughs> just like, oh, well, it is just so nice that you're out here today. So like it can be really intimidating. And of course there were my, I got, had my fair share of people who did not want anything to do with me, but it's a really good opportunity to practice also literally just going up to a stranger and say, hey, can I talk to you? That is something so, I still struggle with. Yeah. I, it's just... It's so difficult. My social... I, I feel like it's definitely somewhat gender-based, but my socialization is so strongly towards mm-hmm. not bothering people mm-hmm. so that talking to people on the street is something that I, I very much struggle with. Um, but it also 
like I force myself to do it mm-hmm. and it can have some they've it's been some of the best interviews that I've done um and I do think that polling places are a place where you're gonna get not only nicer people but better interviews because mm-hmm. if they're there going to vote they care yeah they have opinions like very few people go to these things although i, I do have one friend who we, <laughs> he's yeah. like i know i agree with you guys on everything just tell me who to vote for yeah. so i do have one friend like that but i think most people who go to polling places do care they do know these people they know what they're talking about they know what they're there for um so i think it's it's an exceptional population of people to interview randomly yeah i agree but yeah so i think going into this year's election just don't be afraid to put yourself out there and really take a risk i think is the fun thing and and frankly this is a pretty like low risk election i think (laughs) i mean there are a lot of really interesting like contests throughout the districts and in and and you know in the at-large seats and a lot of really interesting candidates too mm-hmm. everyone is so interesting to me you know y- you kind of learn different little pieces of lore almost about all the candidates <laughs> at all these different events and so it's really cool i really encourage you know maybe even new reporters if you just go out and observe or like if you have a friend who's a senior and they're a journalist and they're doing like election coverage, ask if you could tag along. They'll probably say yes. Because um, who wouldn't want to have somebody there to say, hold my water bottle. <laughs> you know, hold my, can you hold this for me while I get my recorder set up? <laughs> so, yeah. Any uh, last words of advice from you? Um, yeah, I think the only other thing I would say is um, the other side of asking personal questions is don't be afraid to ask the hard questions. Mm-hmm. Um I'm currently working with a reporter to interview um, Craig Cashman's opponent, Liz Braden. Mm -hmm. Um, And the one thing I haven't seen her asked about is the fact that she's a homeopath. Um, And she actually, on her website, says that she is a physical therapist, which she also is. But when you look up her business, the homeopathy, that seems to be the the big part of it. and I mean, there are a lot of studies discrediting homeopathy. Um, so, you know, I I told this reporter, I was like, we have to ask about that. We have to ask about what that means to her and how that might influence her. And we have to ask supporters too what they think of that. Um, and that, you know, that can be really uncomfortable because you're questioning someone's livelihood. But the question has to be asked because people will want to know that. And I think it is important to the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, even if it's something that, you know, potentially you fear worst case scenario, they walk out of the room, Mm -hmm. you have to ask it. And as long as you ask it in a neutral, you know, reasonable way, there's nothing to be scared of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you everyone for listening in. That is it for this week's episode of Between the Bylines. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week. For the rest of our BU News Service election coverage, be sure to visit bunewservice.com and kind of click through what we've got going on. We've got some profiles and we're going to have some good stuff coming up next, um, you know, this coming week. Uh, And don't forget to join us at our pitch meeting on Wednesday at 530 in Com B29. We'd like to thank our production team. This week's episode was produced by Hannah Harn. 
And be sure to check out our latest episode of Friday Five, where we fill you in on the latest news from Boston and beyond. Visit us online at bunewsservice.com slash podcasts for more information. Mm-hmm.